1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. With good technique on third and goal, football comes loose. Kansas City has it with Edwards, and he's off and running. Edwards has a blocker, and he's going to take the rock all the way back for a Kansas City touchdown. 97 yards. Murray, step, deliver. It's intercepted. San Francisco gets the pick. It's Ward, high, kicking it all the way. Touchdown, 49ers. High fly ball to deep left field. Forget about it. It's gone. A disastrous start for Clayton Kershaw. Moreno hit only seven during the regular season. Put a major charge into that one. And now Beal's starting to heat up as well. Cocks it back. Throws it down and one. Jones again. Running left. Running up the middle and running in for a touchdown. The third today for Aaron Jones. Just watch the second level defenders, KB, just overcommit to the initial path, and then it just allows Aaron Jones to just cut it back. Embiid loses it, hits the floor, trying to save it. Ball knocked around. Curry, he's got the angle and the bucket. Joel Embiid is down on the ground. Embiid needed some time just to collect himself. Athletic training staff came over, and now Embiid will head to the locker room. D.J. Hall has played well and shot it well from outside. He's got 17 points. The 1 High fly ball to deep left field. Back to the wall. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Wednesday, February 7th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's sports zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Super Bowl 58, who you got ATS? The Diamondbacks, should they care that Clayton Kershaw is returning to the Dodgers? The Suns, did we learn anything last night? The Cowboys, who would be the better DC, Ron Rivera or Mike Zimmer? The 76ers, are they finished in 2024 with Joel Embiid at least, uh, out at least four more weeks? Meanwhile, from the National Roundup, Clemson wins at North Carolina, and also the uh, Jose Altuve gets paid. Let's put it that way. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline, 10:15 or so. A 49ers Super Bowl update. Matt Mayoko will join us from NBC Sports Bay Area. 
1030 Interactive Action at 602-260-1060. Also, today's bottom line and some local roundup topped by Suns and Bucks analysis, if there is such a thing from that joke that was a basketball game last night. And then in the final segment, the national roundup, that will include uh, from the latest line for Super Bowl uh, you know, 58. Also, some rip from the headlines, from the wire, from the scoreboard, whatever else we can cram into one segment. Then after the sports zone, from 11 to 1 o'clock, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. And that will include more phone call time at 602-260-1060. Right now, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is who you got. And this is this week's question, I should say, uh, is uh, all week long. Who do you got in the Super Bowl? Kansas City plus two or San Francisco minus two? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. San Francisco out in front at 51% of the vote. Kansas City trailing at 49%. This continues to dip down every day this week from 63% on Monday to 50%, uh, 56% yesterday and now sitting at 51%. Meanwhile, Andy Reid, over the last two days, has declared the starting left guard Joe Tooney is not likely to play uh, through his pec injury. And also uh, Reid indicated yesterday that Jarek McKinnon uh, probably will not be activated coming off the hernia surgery. He's currently on injured reserve. Meanwhile, today's ex-poll question, does it matter that the Diamond, to the Diamondbacks, I should say, does it matter to the Diamondbacks that Clayton Kershaw is returning to the Dodgers? And once again, Kayla has the early returns. No, out in front, 83.3% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 16.7%. This is over on X at KDOS AM 1060. When last seen, Kershaw did not make it through one inning in game one of the Arizona-Los Angeles playoff series. But as we said immediately uh, when that happened, he was obviously injured. Not surprisingly, Kershaw did go uh, undergo shoulder surgery in the offseason, and he's not expected to pitch until likely the second half of the 2024 season. Meanwhile, on the local front, uh, the Suns won another game against a less than uh, full capacity comp- uh, opponent. Uh, Suns fans have spent a lot of their time complaining about how the big three haven't played very many games. I think it's almost for sure. I mean, I've not, not gone through all the games. I think it's very possible that the Suns' opponents have been shorthanded more than the Suns have for the majority of the games this season. Certainly that was the case last night against the Bucks. Did we learn anything against the Bucks, who were without three of their four best players after the first eight minutes of the game? Meanwhile, spanning the globe... Um, you know, in case you missed it on the Thursday show, the Sixers are they basically they're going to evaluate the status of Joel Embiid in four weeks after he had the Tuesday meniscus surgery. So, are the Sixers finished in 2024 with Joel Embiid scheduled to miss at least four weeks? Now, remember they're only they're just going to evaluate him after four weeks. That doesn't mean he's going to come back and play right away after four weeks. Also heard through the grapevine, two former NFL coaches, Mike Zimmer and Ron Rivera, are among the candidates uh, for the Cowboys defensive coordinator position, replacing Dan Quinn, who uh, somehow still became the commander's head coach after that awful game plan that he had in the embarrassing playoff loss to the Packers. 
Who would be the better defensive coordinator for Dallas, Mike Zimmer or Ron Rivera? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's in the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show uh, at x.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the top, uh, the target, I should say, of this. All right, coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by a 49ers update from Las Vegas with Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. The UNLV practice field has certainly been a topic of discussion uh, for this week as far as the 49ers are concerned. At least, uh, you know, at least some people in the media have made a big deal about it. Is it that big a deal? We'll just you know, start with that and move through other topics with Matt. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some bottom line answers from the pipeline questions you just heard. And also, uh, we'll explain why last night's Suns game, uh, Bucks game, was a complete joke and a waste of two and a half hours of my valuable life. Uh, you're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lex HD 2 100.7. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home with the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The 49ers are their first NFL team in seven years to be favored in every game. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Zone by longtime Sports Zone guest Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. Hey, Matt, and uh, let, let's start with the uh, ULB playing uh, practice facility, uh, playing surface that they're you know where the Niners are practicing this week. A lot of discussion about that. Has too much been made about this, or is this a legitimate concern? Yeah, I think it's legitimate. I mean, the the NFL just really screwed this thing up. I mean, how long have they known that the Super Bowl was going to be in Las Vegas? And then they wait so long. They wait wait until like the week before practices to lay uh, natural grass sod over the artificial turf on the practice fields at UNLV. And so, I mean, the inequity is pretty obvious that, uh, you know, the Chiefs get a NFL-quality practice facility, and the 49ers get something that's just it, it like, I don't know, like a third-grade science project of what, you know, <laughs> placing sod over artificial turf. Is it good enough to run on? I don't know. Let's, let's find out. And so from what I understand, you know, the 49ers, well, the 49ers are trying to just kind of roll with it uh, as best they can. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs were too interested in sharing uh, their facility, which is the Raiders facility. So, you know, the 49ers are, I know there were safety concerns initially about practicing on a field that 
some likened to a sponge uh, with, with the seams of the freshly laid sod on there. So it's just kind of a rinky-dink situation. And I think you would expect – I was going to say you'd expect more from the NFL, but maybe it's just right on brand with the NFL. Yeah, I'm with you on that. George Kittle, I know he missed a little practice time uh, you know, last week with the toe injury. How might be he be affected on Sunday? And are there other, some uh, other Niners that might be ailing a little bit that we need to know about? No, I think the Niners are going to be completely healthy. And I would expect Kittle to go through a full practice today. I don't think that's going to be any, any big issue. They are as healthy as they've been all season. You know, there are a couple guys on injured reserve uh, from injuries that happened during the season. Probably the biggest one is Talano Hufanga, who was an all-pro safety last year. He was injured a while back. And so they've replaced him with Jair Brown, a third-round draft pick from Penn State. Uh, they have a backup tight end who won't be ready. Uh, defensive end, Drake Jackson, who had three sacks week one, but didn't have another sack through the rest of his playing time, uh, he had recent surgery. Uh, he's out. Cleveland Furl, who had started uh, all the games up until the final week of the season, uh, he's out. But, you know, as far as guys on the 53-man roster, it should be a very thin injury report when the 49ers get out there to practice later today. Hmm. Okay, I'll pay attention to that later today. Uh, the Niners, they overcame some slow starts to win those two NFC playoff games. Why the slow starts? And how might they attack the first part of the Sunday game against a Chiefs team that has actually scored in its first possession now in nine consecutive playoff games? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you're, you're terming it slow starts probably a little bit of an understatement. They did not play well at all against the Packers. Uh, offensively, defensively, they, you know, they stayed in the game, uh, even though the, the Packers were able to make some plays. The 49ers kind of buckled down when they had to defensively. Um, so the idea, you know, going into the NFC Championship game, the 49ers felt like, okay, well, they worked out those, you know, first-round playoff by uh, Kinks, and, and they'll be ready to go for the NFC Championship game in good weather. That did not happen. The defense didn't play well. Uh, they weren't on point assignment-wise. They weren't on point effort-wise. And uh, the Detroit Lions controlled that game for 30 minutes. Offensively, uh, you know, the Fortnite have a lot of weapons. Uh, they're, they're a completely different offensive team, though, when they can't get that running game going. And, uh, you know, when, when Christian McCaffrey is running the ball effectively, uh, it just sets up so many different things. So, you know, the Fortnite are, are not playing, or at least, you know, leading up to this, they haven't been playing their best football this season. Consequently, uh, Kansas City is, you know, they went on the road. They beat the Buffalo Bills. They went on the road and beat the Baltimore Ravens. You know, you're talking about, you know, probably later in the season, if you're talking about the four best teams in football, it's probably the 49ers, Chiefs, Ravens, and Bills. And the, the Chiefs have beaten those other two teams on the road, and now they have the neutral side game, obviously, against the 49ers. So, Niners are going to have to play something much closer to their A game, or they'll probably have to play their A game against the Chiefs team that's playing much better football than the 49ers are, at least during the postseason that's been the case. Brock Purdy, uh, he's been uh, the most efficient passer in the NFL against the Blitz. Obviously, Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo 
He loves to blitz with frequency. Uh, what should we pay attention to when Kansas City's blitzing Purdy on Sunday? Yeah, how how quickly the ball's getting out. You know, with the Brock Purdy and the uh, the, the team's pass protection has to be on point to be able to see where the blitz is coming from. And yeah, Purdy has been very good at that. And a lot of times, you know, teams have not experienced a lot of success in blitzing the 49ers. And, and the, one of the big reasons is Purdy is very bright. It must be that, that Arizona desert uh, environment <laughs> that, that makes the, all those people who live out there so so bright, yourself included, Bob, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody, everybody, he, one, everybody but one person. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's, just, he's really good at just kind of diagnosing things and, and learning on the fly and, and making quick decisions. And then if he can get the ball out quickly, you know, to guys like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey, you know, those guys are so good in space too. So, you know, that's kind of the the risk that Steve Spagnuolo runs is, yeah, they want to get pressure on Brock Purdy. They want to get some hits on Brock Purdy. But if it means sacrificing guys on the back end and limiting the number of guys who are available to tackle, you know, a, a runaway freight train like Debo Samuel or, or George Kittle, then that that opens the door to some opportunities for big time plays for the Fortnite's offense, and and that is you know when it's the run game going, when they're beating the blitz, when they're able to use play action and get the ball down the field, uh, that's when the Fortnite's are clicking, and that's when Kyle Shanahan is just dialing it up, and the Fortnite's offense can be rolling. But the issue though is. You know, the Chiefs are not a gimmicky defense. Yeah, they do like to blitz, but that's a talented defense. And this is the best Chiefs defense that they've had during this whole Super Bowl run of theirs. Uh, they still have Chris Jones, but, you know, their defensive backfield, specifically their corners, are probably the best in the game. Talking with Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, they're down defensive linemen. Uh, you know, they like to rush off the edge. Trent Williams is on the left side for the 49ers, so I assume uh, that the uh, Chiefs will try to attack the right side. You know, Colin McKivitz against Chris Jones and or George Koloftis. How do you think uh, McKivitz matches up against those guys? Well, you know, it's it, the 49ers often kind of play 11 on, or I, I should say 10 on 10 football, right? I mean, you got Trent Williams locking up the defensive end on that side or the edge rusher on that side. And then the Prairies can provide some help for McKivitz. Um, you know, he's, he had a rough first game uh, against T.J. Watt. They pretty much left him singled up on Watt, and Watt had three sacks. And, you know, that became kind of the talking point. He was the only newcomer to that 49ers starting offense. Uh, since then, I think he's settled down. He's played pretty good football, pretty good as a run blocker. So, you know, the key, as it often is, I think it's really the key on, on both sides is to be able to run the ball and to be able to stay out of third and long. Uh, you know, the 49ers on the, that other side, you know, if they can keep Mahomes in, in third and seven, third and eight, you know, that'll give some opportunities for, for Nick Bosa to, to beat the offensive tackles of the Chiefs. And so for the 49ers, it's to always maintain that threat of the run slow down the pass rush a little bit, um, make sure that Chris Jones doesn't bat down passes with the line of scrimmage or get hits on Brock Purdy. Uh, probably, you know, the Fortnite's offensive line, I don't think anybody would consider it the best in the league, but they probably don't get enough credit 
for just being kind of steady and doing their part in uh, the fact that the 49ers own one of the top offenses in the league. So, you know, it's definitely the, – the offensive line has definitely been a part of the – part of the the, uh, the good stuff rather than part of the you know the the downside um, you know it's been part not not part of the problem it's part of the solution and so uh, a lot will be on their plate on Sunday okay so let's flip this to the other side of the ball uh, how much zone do you think the Niners will play against Patrick Mahomes who historically has had success against zone defenses including the last game against the Ravens who were almost always all zone, and he started. Mahomes started that game with 11 consecutive completions. So, how do the Niners attack this as far as man or zone? Yeah, the 49ers play a lot of zone. You know, a lot of three deep, a lot of quarters coverage. So, they're not going to give that up. Will they mix it up? Absolutely. Uh, you know, they'll try to keep them guessing a little bit. But you know, the 49ers are going to stick with what they do. Uh, they did play a little bit more man coverage. Uh, you know, part of the problem in playing man coverage, too, against Patrick Mahomes is, you know, if something's not there, he's very good about pulling it down and, and running. And, and there are more mm-hmm. yards to be had for a, a quarterback when, you know, the, the defensive backfield has their backs turned and they're running with wide receivers. So, you know, I, I don't think there's any real solution. You know, there's no one answer for the 49ers defense. Steve Wilkes, a defensive coordinator who you know very well, yeah, he's going to have to do a good job of mixing it up and disguising coverages. I mean, one of the key plays in that game against the Detroit Lions on one of those fourth and two situations was if they showed man pre-snap, which uh, which prompted the Lions to check into kind of a man-beater play, and then they rolled into zone coverage and completely took away Goff's first and second reads. And so that, that ended up being a big play. That's kind of what the 49ers will have to do is just kind of keep Patrick Mahomes guessing. Can't be too predictable or, as you mentioned, he will slice them and slice them and dice them on Sunday. So the 49ers are, you know, they're, they're facing the best in the business. I don't think there's any question that Patrick Mahomes is and has been the best quarterback in this league, probably the best player in this league for the past five years or so. And so it, there's no easy answers when it comes to facing Mahomes and, and an Andy Reid offense. Okay, Travis Kelsey had an inconsistent, I think it's safe to say, an inconsistent regular season. He has excelled in the postseason. How have the Niners done against good tight ends this year, and how do you think they'll try to deal with Kelsey? Yeah, it's been a mixed bag a little bit. They've shut down some really good wide receivers, uh, really good tight ends, and they've had some struggles against uh, some, some good tight ends. Uh, I'm thinking of TJ Hawkinson. They kind of struggled against him, Sam Laporta had a good game last week, but, you know, they've also had some, some good games. Uh, David Njoku, heck, uh, Trey McBride had one really good game against the 49ers and one game against the 49ers where he didn't do anything. So it's kind mm-hmm. of been a mixed bag. I think the 49ers secret sauce is that their inside linebackers have played long enough together. They're both guys with sideline to sideline range they're both pretty good in coverage and i'm talking about Dre greenlaw and fred warner so you know they have chemistry working on their side having played together for five years and when you talk about chemistry when it's in the nfl sense i think there's probably a picture of patrick mahomes and travis kelsey right there so you know they know that they won't be able to shut him down 
shut down that Mahomes-Kelsey combination, but their goal would be to just kind of limit the effectiveness and, and not let those guys just destroy them. Okay, so what else should I be asking you here about as far as the so-called keys of this game on Sunday in your mind? I, I think I think you've hit on it. I mean, I think that the whole – I put, like, some, some lessons to be learned from the 49ers' first uh, Super Bowl against the Chiefs four years ago, and one of my talking points was the 49ers should get it out there. They should kind of harp on the idea that, that Nick Bosa is going to be held in this game. And I think they followed my blueprint because it's the same referee, Bill Vinovich, who called the game back in Super Bowl 54. One of the Whoa. key plays on that third and 15 late in the game that really turned the tide for the Chiefs was a play in which Eric Fisher, the, the uh, right, uh, was he playing left tackle, I guess at the time, for the Chiefs, kind of rode Bosa out of the picture. Bosa seemed to have a step on him and had a beeline straight to Mahomes. And Fisher kind of wrapped his arm around Bosa's uh, upper chest and kind of, you know, steered him out. Uh, I don't know if it was an obvious holding, but certainly borderline. It could have been called. So with the Chiefs' offensive tackles being called for tons of holdings this year and a lot of penalties, that's something that I think the 49ers probably need to start working the ref a little bit. Uh, and they already have about – you yeah. watch those guys, watch Juwan Taylor, watch Donovan Smith. And if Bosa can get some hits on Mahomes or draw some holding penalties, uh, that could be key in this game. And if they call them, if they call holding penalty early in this game, a holding penalty or two early in this game, that could impact what the Chiefs try to get away with, which could open the door for Bosa to make, make a big hit and a, a strip sack or something of that nature that, changes the course of this game in fact i saw one of bosa's press gatherings earlier this week and he brought up the holding situation so yeah, you know, yes, he did. planting planting the seed the old the old pat riley phil phil jackson thing back from the nba that's like the first time i remember something like that so there you go yeah. okay I, I i realize it's wednesday uh you know so any prediction or you know, early lean you know what, is I, uh what I, happened uh, sunday but I think I'm going to stay away from predictions, but I'll say this. If the 49ers play their A game, let's just say both teams play their A game, I think the 49ers win this. I think they have uh, star power on both sides of the ball. I think they're probably a more complete team. The Chiefs have the better defense. 49ers have the better offense. So I think if both teams play, but I think the 49ers' offense, when it's rolling, it's considerably better than the Chiefs' offense based on what we saw through the course of the season. But if the teams play like they have in the playoffs with the Chiefs looking like they're peaking and the 49ers far from that, then the Chiefs are going to win. So 49ers have to flip that switch a little bit and not be the 49ers we've seen in the postseason for them to come out of Super Bowl 58 with a victory. Okay, Matt. Now, don't have too much fun in Las Vegas. I used to live there back in the day, and uh, you know, I, at that time, I was young enough where there was no such thing as not having too much fun. So, I mean, that's so. But uh, 
you, you, you get in early and you know, get get up early. I know you have to get up early because you know press conference. Yeah. press conferences start really early, <laughs> so you can't well, stay out too late. Yeah, they're, they're a little bit later. So, I, but I did have yeah, to, that, I that's did have true. To show up here on Radio Road today at uh, uh, with them. I think I was over here at like six forty-five a.m. So, Yikes. Uh, it, okay. it is very very long days. Uh, I'm sure when it's over, I'll, I'll look back on it fondly. But when you're in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's still a few days left until Super Bowl Sunday, and you just kind of can't wait till all of your work is knocked out and, and the uh, the game begins. Absolutely, yeah. So I've you know I've covered a few Super Bowls over the years, and uh, people don't realize how hard we are working, quote unquote. That's so there right. you go. And uh, no one's throwing us a pity party either, so Bob. That, that's that's true. I'm still waiting for one of the first ones of those. All right, Matt. Good stuff. Have fun. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Uh, yep, our pleasure. Matt Mayoko, NBC Sports Bay Area. And, uh, you know, I was going to, you know, most of the restaurants, that I, I lived there from 1988 to 94 and obviously have visited there many times. A lot of the restaurants that I used to frequent are not there anymore. So I was going to maybe offer a suggestion or two, but I'm not even exactly sure what I would offer as a suggestion at this point. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, general discussion. If you want to talk more Super Bowl or some Super Bowl, uh, we will be heavy Super Bowl in this segment the rest of the week. Uh, tomorrow we'll cover the Chiefs with Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest, another longtime Sports Zone guest. And then another longtime Sports Zone guest scheduled to join us on Friday as we get into the uh, a little more X's and O's uh, as we did in this segment with Matt. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk with uh, Nate Davis from USA Today. That will be on Friday's show. All right, 602-260-1060 if you want to jump aboard right now. Don't forget the extra point. Upcoming with Kayla from 11 to 1 o'clock after I'm done with this one-hour radio extravaganza known as the Sports Zone. Right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, time and room for you right now. General discussion, 602 260-1060. Uh, let, right now, let's get to some bottom line answers from today's pipeline. Uh, let's start with, uh, did we learn anything last night from the Suns' victory against the very shorthanded Bucks? The bottom line, unfortunately, we didn't really learn anything last night during the Suns' second half uh, domination over those shorthanded Bucks. I'll have more on this in a couple of seconds here. Meanwhile, uh, spanning the globe, are the Sixers finished in 2024 with Joel Embiid scheduled to miss at least four weeks? And uh, the bottom line here is the Sixers have already lost uh, you know, six of their last ten games. They have dropped to fifth in the Eastern Conference at this point. He's scheduled to miss a minimum of four weeks. Uh, they're going to reevaluate him at that point. I doubt if he's going to you know, be evaluated in four weeks and like play instantly. Uh, so throw all that together. 
Like it means the Sixers could drop into the play-in tournament, uh, which mean uh, that means more wear and tear on Embiid's body, uh, which has been very fragile at best uh, during uh, many playoffs past. Meanwhile, who would be the better Cowboys defensive coordinator, Mike Zimmer or Ron Rivera? Uh, they both interviewed for the job. Uh, the bottom line here is I can't actually believe this is a question. I stole this from NFL Network yesterday. Uh, Mike Zimmer has been an effective defensive coordinator and a good head coach. Ron Rivera, with the exception of one magical season in Carolina, has uh, basically been uh, with career. His career has been littered with mediocre at best teams and I'd say suspect defenses. So it's obviously Mike Zimmer. All right. Also in today's uh, pipeline today, the poll questions, uh, the KDUS1060.com poll question all week long. Who you got in the Super Bowl? Kansas City plus two, San Francisco minus two. And also today's uh, poll question, our ex-poll question, is uh, should it matter to the Diamondbacks that Clayton Kershaw is returning to the Dodgers? We'll answer those poll questions. We'll answer the Super Bowl poll question on Friday during the Friday spread. Uh, and then to, uh, we'll answer the uh, X poll question with the Kershaw question later today in the extra point during the 1230 segment. And, uh, of course, the extra point hosted by Kayla. All right, on to the local roundup we go. And uh, the Suns-Bucks nationally televised game was another NBA regular season game that was disappointing. Uh, we really learned nothing after eight minutes into the game because you know, basically high-level wing player Chris Middleton uh, injured his ankle in that game. Already teammates Damian Lillard and Brooke Lopez were not playing in the game for the Bucks. So eight minutes into the game, the Bucks were without four, three of their top four players and really three of the four best players in the NBA. Uh, when, uh, so we didn't really learn anything in the Suns' 114-106 victory last night. The fact that the point spread, once it was uh, officially declared that Lopez and Lillard were out, <clears throat> excuse me, the point spread in this game went from 3.5 to 6. Uh, that's a big point spread in the NBA, a big move in a point spread before an NBA game. Uh, so, you know, two key players, obviously. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, that's a massive point spread change. I think that kind of summed up, uh, you know, really kind of the state of the game. And actually, when we talked in this segment on Tuesday's show, we didn't know if Giannis was going to play. He was actually listed as questionable yesterday morning with an ankle injury or a knee injury. It was a leg injury. It seemed to be a little iffy as to what was going on there. Uh, but Giannis did play and had 34 points and 10 rebounds. There seems to be little doubt that Lillard's absence was completely a load management thing. And I don't necessarily blame them. Uh, Lillard played 38 and 37 minutes in the Bucks' previous two games, which were Saturday and Sunday. Uh, last night was the third game in four nights. Third game in four nights? Third game in five nights uh, for the Bucks. Uh, so I could understand why he didn't play, quite frankly. Meanwhile, the Suns' big three of Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant combined for 85 points. Um, and uh, going back to the uh, the uh, the injury situation, um, at some point, uh, at least according to the TNT broadcast, Bradley Beal's going to miss some more time uh, because at some point here soon, uh, according to the broadcast, he's going to have to have his nose reset after it was broken now six games ago. Uh, at Indiana, so that's something to uh, to monitor and pay attention to. 
I would assume they'll try to work that around the All-Star break, but it's his nose and not mine, so whatever is best for him. Well, whatever is best for him is he probably should have already had this done, but he's trying to play as much as he can. Good for him. Uh, the Suns still trailed at halftime last night, 49-48. Uh, they outscored the Bucks after the uh, after halftime. In the second half, they outscored the Bucks 66 to 57. Uh, the Bucks finished. Uh, excuse me. The Suns finished the game. Uh, they did a really. They, they really increased the tempo in the second half, which I think was a very smart move against the Bucks without obviously three of their top four players. Uh, and uh, that worked out really well. They outscored the Bucks 31-24 in the fourth quarter, a third quarter, excuse me. Devin Booker had 16 points in that particular quarter. It was also uh, you know Suns former Suns playing against them last night. Robin Lopez was awful, six points, one rebound, 18 minutes, and they just basically benched him. Uh, he started in place of his bro- uh, brother Brooke, who was away from the team. Uh, because he was uh, you know, basically they're having a baby. Uh, so he was away from the team. He's missed the last couple games. Jay Crowder got 39 minutes last night, basically playing for the injured Middleton. Uh, he ended up with 10.6 rebounds. Campaign playing for Lillard. Uh, finished with 11 points and four assists in 22 minutes uh, and played uh, as usual. Campaign didn't guard anybody in that game, which was one of the reasons I was not exactly the biggest campaign fan throughout his time here in Phoenix. Uh, the other thing here, the bottom line, is that uh, the Suns uh, came, came back from their seven-game road trip. This was the first of a stretch for Phoenix. They played seven out of ten games at home. Meanwhile, the Bucks, uh, that was the finale, uh, the finale of their five-game road trip, uh, four losses on that five-game road trip. They have yet to play a home game. Uh, since Doc Rivers uh, replaced the fired Adrian Griffin as the head coach, uh, they have a home game, I believe it's Thursday, and uh, they all but said that Lillard's going to play in that next game for the uh, for the Bucks, which kind of goes back to the, the load management thing. Uh, meanwhile, as far as the Suns, next game Thursday night at home against the Jazz, and the Jazz last night beat the Thunder as Laurie Markinen, former U of A player, lit it up in uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, quickly, uh, the Sun Devils and Wildcats, they play Thursday and Saturday this week against the Mountain Schools. Uh, there are two Pac-12 games tonight. UCLA is at Stanford. Stanford is favored by three and a half. And USC is at Cal. Cal is a two and a half point favorite in that game. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show. With the National Roundup, uh, that will include the latest uh, line for Super Bowl 58. Uh, we'll try to get to some rip from the headlines from the wire and time pending uh, from the scoreboard. A few things from college basketball possibly at that point. You are listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castellux HD 2 100.7.
about time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone. Final segment of the Sports Zone today with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle HD2 100.7. And on to the National Roundup we go. We start with the latest line for Super Bowl 58. A uh, long time ago, it seems like now, uh, the 49ers opened a two-and-a-half point favorite with the total at 48. And uh, really since a week ago yesterday, it's been sitting 49ers 2 and uh, the total 47 and a half. Still, the Las Vegas Westgate uh, Superbook in Las Vegas uh, has the, uh, for a third consecutive day, has the 49ers two and a half point favorites. That's pretty much the only high volume, high handle shop that I've, uh, in the sports book I've seen, that has uh, the Niners as a two and a half point favorite at this point. Meanwhile, college basketball, the scoreboard, we previewed, uh, uh, we talked North Carolina yesterday and briefly previewed the Clemson game. Well, Clemson won last night at Chapel Hill for just the second time in 62 tries, uh, but they've won two of the last three. Uh, the Tigers last night, uh, they had a 15-2 lead to start the game. Carolina obviously flat coming off of the uh, Duke victory on Saturday. Uh, actually Clemson never trailed the game. They led 15 to two game got tied at 70. Uh, and then, uh, Brad Brunel's team, you know, basically took over and uh, dominated the last two or three minutes and won that game 80 to 76 over Carolina. Uh, the, uh, Clemson are now 15 and seven overall five and six in ACC play. They do have a couple of good non-conference victories. Uh, one against TCU that I recall. And Alabama, another one. So, uh, you know, they're definitely in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're a scary team. Uh, you know, P.J. Hall led the way last night with 25 points. He's a really good big man, a skilled big man. He's also not a good defender and has foul problems against some of the better opponents that they face and some of the better big men. He had some foul problems last night against Carolina, not surprisingly. Uh, but uh, that was uh, – an impressive victory last night for Clemson. Clemson barely lost uh, against Duke, and they got, you know, some like uh, some think they got hosed by the ACC officials in that game, but they did win last night. Meanwhile, Donovan Klingen led the way for Connecticut. They win again last night, 11 consecutive victories for UConn. They win 71-62 over Butler. And then uh, the last game I watched, or some of it last night, uh, Baylor avoided the letdown situation. You know, they're coming off the big win against Iowa State on Saturday. They play Kansas this upcoming Saturday, and they uh, you know, beat uh, you know, uh, Texas Tech last night. Uh, the Bears win 79-73 in Waco, so they win that game. All right, quickly, uh, some rip from the headlines and from the wire, a little combo here. Uh, let's start with uh, you know, Knicks, Knicks coach Tom Thib- uh, Thibodeau. Uh, said on Tuesday that center Mitchell Robinson will begin on-court activities after the All-Star break. He's a really good defender, a really good rebounder, a really good shot blocker. And uh, the Knicks, who were an interesting team, uh, they become even better if Robinson can come back and uh, be a contributor for them the rest of the regular season and the postseason. Also, from Major League Baseball, the Astros signed 33-year-old Jose Altuve to a five-year deal worth $125 million. 
Altuve was scheduled to become a free agent after the 2024 season. That deal does not kick in until beginning with the 2025 season. Heard through the grapevine from the NFL, the Giants expect Daniel Jones to be healthy enough to return for week one in 2024. Obviously, he suffered a season-ending injury early in 2023. Um, I guess that means all you dynasty owners out there can drop Tommy DeVito. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding on that. About uh, now, there's not. A, I would imagine there's no dynasty league in the world that has Tommy DeVito. If you're in that league, actually, if you are in a league like that, then Tommy DeVito is actually a keeper in that league. Give me a call. I want to be in that league because I think I can take your money. Uh, meanwhile, from the NBA, former son Chris Paul not expected to be traded by the Warriors. Trade deadline is tomorrow. Uh, in fact, uh, he's coming back uh, quicker than expected from the January 9th uh, hand surgery, and they expect him to be a key member down the stretch for the Warriors as they try to somehow crawl their way into the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Hawks, uh, I love this quote here. Quote, uh, this according to The Athletic, the Hawks are, quote, seriously disinterested in acquiring Lakers uh, you know, guard D'Angelo Russell who was obviously, if you've listened to this show over the years, not my favorite player. Uh, and also the Celtics looking to add bench depth. There's been talk about Otto Porter, who's now with the Raptors, the Nets' Lonnie Walker Jr., the Sixers looking for help uh, in the, on the wings, and uh, Buddy Heald of the Pacers and the Pistons' Bojan Bogdanovic. I get that wrong every time. I've been mentioned as possibilities. So once again, the trade deadline is tomorrow. We'll have much more on that if there's anything going on via the trade deadline. Next two hours, it's The Extra Point, hosted by Kale, including more phone call time if you want to get in, 602-260-1060. This has been The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.